Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everyone, I'm Sarah, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. We are really excited about this episode, which is going to look a little bit different. A few days ago, friend of the podcast, Trey McKnight, had the chance to sit down with Frank Beeler, CEO of Faze Family Center, which recently reopened its doors after being closed for two months due to the COVID-19 pandemic. As Frank and the team at the Faze Family Center were planning their reopening, they faced a lot of the same health and safety questions that we're all asking ourselves when it comes to opening our youth ministries back up to in-person gatherings. Whether your ministry is planning on gathering in person four days from now or four months from now, we hope you find what Frank shares helpful. As a final note, a little disclaimer since we're talking about health and safety. The following conversation is provided for general informational purposes only. You should not rely or act on any information in this episode without seeking counsel from a qualified professional authorized to provide specific advice in your area. With that out of the way, let's get into the episode. Well, hey, everybody, my name's Trey McKnight, and uh, we're so glad that you are with us today. Once again, I've got Frank Beeler with me, um, which Frank and I, how far back do we go? Days. <laughs> Days. <laughs> I've known Frank for, yeah, I've been known Frank for a few years. Uh, a lot of you know Frank as well. Um, Frank, obviously, uh, as we're talking about health and safety right now, um, Frank has a ton of experience working in churches, large churches, smaller churches, uh, currently serves as an executive pastor on a church um, right now. Uh, but also you sit in the seat uh, at the Faze Family Center as the CEO. Yeah. Right. So um, as you can imagine, all of you, uh, you've probably had a lot to deal with. I think all of us have a lot to deal with, right? It is kind of unique because we have this, you know, Faith Family Center has a preschool, has that co-working operation and events. So needless to say, this has impacted greatly. And then here we are trying to make room for churches on the weekend, right? So there's a lot of moving pieces to this, but definitely trying to figure out when to close the preschool, following all kinds of very defined regulations and not so defined regulations. And then um, trying to figure out when to reopen and what that's looked like. It's definitely been the journey. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a, a lot of people are currently kind of thinking through a lot of what maybe you guys have thought through. You guys have been open for a couple weeks now, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. so um, being in, in I think, kind of nationwide where, you know, obviously different jurisdictions, different governments are taking different time to figure out when can we reopen? When can we do things? So obviously churches are thinking through that right now. Yeah. Um, when do we reopen? You know, asking all the questions uh, kind of surrounding that. So I just wanted to ask you just, um, I mean, how, how has the reopening been for you guys so far? Yeah, for sure. So the, one of the hardest things for me has been the fact that all of us independently, all our organizations have been wrestling and having these long meetings. Yeah. How do we apply this? And you're sitting there going, gosh, there's been so much time spent on this. And so I'm super thankful you're taking time to have a conversation this way so we can share some of that yeah. information because it just feels like for weeks, I was, I was looking at the news and then trying to figure it out in my own little silo with this right. organization or this organization. And then you, you were doing the same Enneagram thing. Three. You, don't so, wanna, you don't want to ask for help, right? This <laughs> is, uh, yeah, it's like I could have picked up the phone. You, yeah. you know me too well. Um, <laughs> but now here we are open. We've been open for a couple of weeks. Obviously, we don't have everything figured out, but we have started to see some patterns of 
of how different families respond to yeah. opening. And yeah, I was going to ask how are, the how are parents to do that? responding to all this? I mean, yeah. is there, is so there hesitation? I it, mean, what's... It was interesting. We, we tried to give people, like, choose your own adventure. Okay. And so they could start on the 11th, the 25th, or withdraw from our program, let us know, I'll come back when it's all settled or when there's a vaccine or whatever, give us yeah. some information. What ended up happening, and we didn't know what to expect, right? Around 30%, almost exactly 30% were like, doors are opening, we're there. Wow. Like ready to go. Interesting, most of the families when they showed up, and we can kind of go over protocol and how we, we tried to apply all that, but um, most of them didn't have masks on. Yeah. They were still washing their hands, sanitizing and stuff, but they were pretty comfortable. Um, but then two weeks later, you had just over 40% okay. show up. Okay. And so now 70% are there. So that's growth. That's and a good so thing. So it's growth. Yeah. That's a good thing. 30% <laughs> are kind of going, we love you. We're just not quite ready yet. Yeah. And maybe we don't even know when we're going to be ready yet. Sure. Right? The honest conversation. But it was interesting because you try to do some anecdotal polls and figure it out, yeah. but you really don't know. Yeah. And so same when we're open our churches. We don't know if we do family service or we start to let kids and students get together what parents are going to get permission, when are kids and students ready. We have all kinds of anecdotal information, but we need to like start to see people move. So it at least gave us some idea of maybe how a pocket of parents in a community, very diverse pocket of parents, respond, sure. right? 30, 40, we'll see later, yeah. right? So that was kind of how it played out. Yeah, kind of along those lines, I mean, you say there's a lot to think about. What things did you guys have to think about in leading up to, you know, before you open the doors? What questions did you ask yourself? So first we, we had to wrestle with who are our audiences, right? So we had to think about our teachers okay. and our staff. We've sure. got a few staff members that are autoimmune compromised. Mm -hmm. And so that's a whole thing. Um, and then you've got kids. How do we take care of them? You've got parents and yeah. their emotions and feelings and politics or whatever it is that's influencing that. So we started there. And then it was us going, okay, as we craft messaging and decide our safety protocol based on licensing bodies and kind of the governing bodies that are telling us some practical things and some giving us direction for our interpretation, right? Both those things are, are yeah. factored in there. But in the midst of that, we just realized that we had to start with some parent messaging to say that, and I don't know that we say this well as a church typically, and, and in many scenarios, maybe it's not true. Maybe it's not true in this one, but I think it is. Yeah. And that's the whole idea of that. Whatever your decision is, it's a great decision. Yeah. If you're not ready for your kid to come back, you're doing awesome as a parent. Yep. You know, you're making the right decisions based on the information you have. Just that and constant reinforcement. If you're ready to yeah. go, awesome. We're with you. We're going to do everything we can to keep your kids safe. But that constant partnership with parents yeah. to go, you know what? We're all working with as much information. And sometimes it feels like there's lots of words, but little information, Yeah. right? And yep. so parents are dealing with the same thing. Yeah. And they're looking at other parents, and they made this decision, and I didn't. And gosh, my kid's missing out on camp or whatever it may right. be. And so, oh, it's so difficult yeah. to decide. I mean, I remember in my household, so I have two middle schoolers, two high schoolers that are now done. So now I have a middle schooler going to be a high school. So now I've got a middle school, high schooler, college student, Full house. and one in the military, right? <laughs> so with that plan in place, they've all kind of got it. And even just deciding when they could hang out with friends again yeah. and when they could have a sleepover or whatever, all those things, right? So reassuring parents that we understand that and that as we release a plan, we want to be as clear as possible with our plan and you can figure out where you fit in. Yeah. And, and giving that permission is going to be really, really critical, especially 
I think even more so with parents to students mm-hmm. because students may not always agree with what their parents want. 100%. Where preschoolers, they're kind of like, ah, oh, whatever the they plan is. They just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, they know, okay, what, what, mommy, thing. yeah, cool, we're yeah, going to do exactly that. Right. I totally get that. As you know, I work with students as well. Uh, and you know, it's been interesting, <clears throat> the organization that I work with in, in doing summer camps, uh, the, the differences in what we, the feedback that we get from parents and from our student pastors, our, our next-gen pastors, uh, and what the students are telling us on, you know, it's for right. students, it's please don't cancel camp. You know, yeah. it's all these things of like, you know, whatever, like whatever we got to do, let's make it happen. And then of course the parents are asking all of the questions, you know, right. how do we do this? And I think there is a, a lot of value in what you were saying before on giving parents permission to think through it and make decisions for themselves. And us not try to, and certainly as youth pastors, it's probably one of my biggest coaching tips has always been for a youth pastor is never take a win at the cost of a parent, yes. right? I know they don't get it. They don't right. understand. You know, right. that's never an option, right? Yeah. So we're thinking through all that. So we've got these different people groups that we've got mm-hmm. to take care of. And we're thinking through that messaging. Now, how do we pl- build a plan that's clear and concise with how we're going to reopen? So yeah. then it was, first of all, do we comply with all standards? Sure. Shouldn't we exceed those standards in some way? What does that look like? Right. Where do we want to exceed those? And where are we like, whatever they say is good. Uh, so figuring that out. And then figuring out how do we give people multiple options to re-enter? And I feel like, uh, you know, we recently developed a plan for our church that's like, we're going to do this for this month, then this, then this, right? We got this right. kind of ramp up strategy, right? It's, and then at the bottom, it's like, could all change, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined if this is accurate. But we also have to say, you may not be ready to jump in here, but that's okay. Jump in here yeah. or jump in here. So giving that permission mm-hmm. ended up being gold for us by saying there's multiple entry points. Yeah. Instead of being like, we're open on this day, and if you're a volunteer or if you're a student or your parent and you're not ready, then something's wrong with you because sure. we've made the decision. <clears throat> so the church is simply sharing a plan, right? Like mm-hmm. our preschool had to share that plan. And then we kind of say, how do you feel about that plan? Yeah. And how do we start to talk about here's a way to enter and here's a way to enter. And if you want to wait till then, this is what it might look like. Yeah just to give some of that confidence. Yeah, it's amazing how the the decisions and the communication that we put out, even, and I love in how you're giving options for right. people to make decisions on their own, because I think that even that, without you explicitly saying it, uh, you offer so much value in that and really say, hey, this is a partnership. This is something that we're kind of trying to figure out together. Uh, we're going to be here, but you make the decision that you need yeah. to make. So that's, and, that's great. Uh, this word that I use a lot of time with our teams, uh, sometimes if you're not careful, that feels squishy, yeah. right? It's, it's like, yeah. okay, if you're not careful, you fall on the end of, but you don't really have a plan it's then, so right? So yeah, it's right, like, right, okay. yeah. so we got to say, here's the plan. Yeah. And we've got to be overly clear. And I believe to say, here's an overview of the protocols. Mm-hmm. But if you want to drill down, here's the specific chemical we're using for sanitizing. And here's the yeah. brand of mask. I mean, you can drill down as deep as you want right. to. <laughs> and so that's good for some people. Yeah. But we're going to keep a good plan. We just want to let you know, we've determined what we think is best based on all the information we have. There's just room for you to figure out where it works for you, yeah. right? So, Man, it's, so it's, it's a both and, yeah. right? Yeah. Makes it that's good. Though. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Squishy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once you get to opening day, uh, you've been there for a couple of weeks now. I'm sure looking back over the past couple of weeks, there are probably things that you are seeing now. Um, once, once you know, when you, we can have a plan, we enact the plan. And then you learn from the plan. Oh, sure. So, so what things have you noticed maybe that have been missing from either the original plan or things you've had to implement in the two weeks since? Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. 
when we were closed, we were closed for almost exactly two months, two yeah. months and a couple of days, okay. right? That was our window. Now, we're a preschool, so we could have been open the whole time, sure. right? We're um, uh, exempt or whatever, yeah, right. uh, whatever I'm trying to think. Essential. Uh, yeah. Essential, yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> uh, so we're essential. And so we could, didn't have to close, but we felt like that was best, two months. In the middle of that, we're like, how do we make most use of this time? Mm -hmm. So we overhaul our database and our billing system right. and do all this stuff. And it was funny because this was not the intent, but it would have been a huge mistake if we weren't, if it didn't time out this way. Opening day, Monday, we had all of our support staff there along with all the teachers and directors and everything because we felt like, oh, people are going to have issues checking in or yeah. the system's not going to work or they forgot their code or whatever. The interesting thing was the system launched fine, hmm. but parents needed to talk. Wow. They weren't ready to just follow the system. Huh. And so they would walk up and some walked up and were like, bye kid. And then they didn't leave. So wow. our check-in protocol had no parents coming through the front door. So they check in at the door, mm -hmm. we take kids. So all those adults that have encountered whoever never go into our space, right? So, but they lingered. They didn't hurry off to work because they were uncertain and wow. they don't even know what work looks like right now. It's weird, right? <laughs> and so they wanted to stay. And so we avoided a mistake because our team was there, ready, right. willing, and able to answer questions and encourage and make sure parents were talking. Yeah. And so we may not have been staffed properly mm -hmm. if it wasn't for a system overhaul that was there. Right. Um, but because the system overhaul was there, it actually taught us a big lesson that on the you know the 11th when we opened, we had that. And then here we are going again on the 25th. Um, we better have plenty of staff there because now you got a new round of parents coming in that aren't sure. Yeah. You know, so they're 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 yep. uncertain about things too. So I'm thinking when I think about the church world, when it comes drop-off for students or Sunday morning, everything's gonna take longer. Mm -hmm. It's not. Did we do the sanitizing of the QR checking code so right. you don't even have to touch? And you know, we bar scan your kid right. or whatever, put a sticker we on their forehead. Followed all the guidelines, and the parents are going to be like, "Bye!" And it's right. almost like a mission trip, right? Yeah. Uh, suddenly, they're going off. The kid's like a missionary going out there in the field, and then on the other side of it, um, the parents are still like, "What do we do now?" What do we do now? Right. And so, especially uh, having the kids home for all this time, it's like, "Well, that's exactly I don't right. know what to do they, with my hands." Left. That's right. And so, I think churches need to have. Usher's ready to go because it's going to be the fourth song before some parents make their way yeah. into the service yeah. because they're wanting to check and they're just wanting to be reassured that they're making the right decision sure. and what are we doing and how's it going and they just have questions that won't always fit in the info guide. Yeah. Yes, you've said all those things. They can read them for themselves, but as far as these feelings and emotions they're having, if we don't have extra staff around and extra leaders, I know at holidays, at Elevation, whenever we were doing like a presentation of salvation or anything like that, we always ask staff spouses to come be an extra set of hands because we just have more conversations right. and dialogue. And then you have new families coming to the church for yeah. Easter or whatever. So we just know there's going to be more conversations. Mm -hmm. I think we have to treat our reopening that whenever it is, there's a few weeks where we just got to be ready for a bunch of extra conversations. Yeah. And so if you try to do good old-fashioned check-in model with the proper protocol, mm -hmm. we're going to, first of all, miss an opportunity to minister to people, right? That's going to yeah. be a big deal. Right. But we could have really missed it. And yeah. I'm telling you this because it was a total blessing that we happened to overhaul our system right. and needed to, <laughs> or we would have been fumbling all over ourselves because yeah. we didn't expect for parents to linger and, yeah. and kind of camp out. I, you know, I, I love this. 
I love that it kind of happened by accident, you know, um, but I love the fact that what you're saying right now, and I don't want to miss this is, and you, you've said this, the fact that I think that even as we're thinking through all of these things, we're thinking through how do we reopen? What are the, what are the things that we need to be doing in order to prepare for the reopening? Um, I think very much in church world, we have a tendency to think about the program, to right. think about the content, to think about the, the the production and all these things. And in very much the same case, we can always go back and say, this is about the people. And when we think about in our preparation, not only what are the processes we need to go through to make sure everything is prepped and clean and ready to go, what do we need to do to serve the people yeah. in the process? I love that. That's such a such a good, I think, insight that that probably came uh, as you're saying. Surprise. Uh, yeah, surprise. Yeah, but it is, it does, it gets back to just the heart of ministry is that it's all about the people. And, you know, you can do all the things. But at the end of the day, you need to focus on what do the people need in this moment. Yeah. And when so everybody at church shows up kind of around the same time, you got yeah. one small window. They're coming to get ready for church. Yeah. Um, if we're not ready, yeah. we're either going to look unprepared sure. or we're going to look uncaring, mm-hmm. you know, so it's going to yeah. be a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Now that said, there are guidelines sure. yeah. <laughs> that we have to pay attention to. Um, so for you, I, you know, you said originally you were kind of trying to think through things on your own and okay, what do we need to do and how do we need to figure this out? Um, but at some point you start reaching out and, sure. and seeking, you know, who can we glean from to figure yeah. out what procedures need to happen, what guidelines. So for you guys, what has that looked like when it comes yeah. to where do you go for the guidelines? Where, you know, what outside resources, what things are you looking to, to kind of give you even at least a little bit of a hint or a clue on how do we make sure we're compliant right. or, or within recommendations, or there's so many different words that are thrown around sure. out there. Where have you gone for that? It's interesting. So we have to remember what the organization is for. So CDC, their job's to, to stop the spread of a disease, right? So they're going to put out some protocol or a plan, which is totally fine, but it may not have the practical steps that we need to do church right. or do the right. learning center or when, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. And so there's all these other organizations, World Health Organization, all this stuff. That's that's helpful. And news is somewhat helpful, right? right. Uh, but for us, what we found, and I think it's a sweet spot for the church, is that every state has a licensing body that helps preschools mm. open and operate. Sure. And if you treat teachers like volunteers— Preschools, how do they interact with kids? Who should wear masks, not wear masks, temperatures? You have a passionate group whose sole job is to make sure that families are cared for and all these rules yeah. are applied in a healthy way. Yeah. In, um, any situation, in any not, situation, not just in a pandemic. Right. 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 And so as they started to translate and say, well, here's some things we think we should do, our posture was we're going to exceed whatever they say. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to go to the extreme, but we're going to, put an exclamation point on whatever it is they set as standards. That's going to be our, our uh, minimum baseline, yeah. right? That was super helpful. And I think, you know, I never looked as a church at that governing body because they never had any influence over my world right. as somebody that was passionate about kids, teachers, yeah. in our case, volunteers in the church world. And I'm like, wow, there's something really there. And mm-hmm. so that became something that just was this great filter for us. Yeah. And then as we're working to expand in DC and I'm looking at that body and I'm sitting there saying, wow, they're being really consistent about some things. Even when it felt like some other organizations were leaving so much up for interpretation. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to make somebody Still mad. Kinda, however, yeah, I choose right. to do it. So that ended up being really, really helpful. What I'm kind of cautious of is... We, we have a clear plan. I mean, church have a plan of like, hey, when you register your kid with us or whatever, 
you know, we're, we're somewhat responsible for your kid, but we're not taking all the liability. I don't know that we need to overhaul everything and put COVID in everything. I mean, we got flu and everything else. So I don't know that that's where it's at. I think maybe reach out to our insurance agent. Most churches have a specialized church policy, and I'm certain that those organizations have put together some good protocols. Sure. So we should at least lean in and, and hear what they have to say. Because once again, they're working really hard at a big board table somewhere trying right. to figure it out too. So let's hear from them. At the end of the day, we have to figure out what's a, a requirement mm-hmm. that is not up for conversation sure. versus what's up for interpretation, just yeah. like we do with scripture and anything else, right? right? We try <laughs> to figure it out. And so I think for us to go, who are we leaning in on mm-hmm. that when we say we're leaning on them gives our family's confidence that we're doing it right. Yeah. They're credible. And so yeah. They're credible. Right. And right. so the challenge is sometimes if we point to certain websites, they don't get specific enough. Mm-hmm. And so once again, it doesn't lean into that interpretation side. Yeah. So I think that there's a, there's a little nugget there for churches yeah. when it comes to the application or the governing licensing body of a state for childcare programs and after-school programs right. because they're passionate about some of the same things yeah. and they're getting very nuanced and practical with application. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, think that's great. Cool. Yeah. That's great. So to get to get very practical with uh, with what you guys sure. have done, what protocols have you guys implemented? Because yeah. I know there are people out there that are wondering, okay, sure. but what have you actually done? Right. You know? yeah. So what protocols have you guys had to put in place? Mask wearing, cleaning, yeah. all those things. So. Mask wearing by staff is currently a requirement in our state. So that was foregone conclusion. Um, Not having kids wear masks or anything like that, but being careful in our messaging to make sure if a kid does arrive with a mask, that's not weird for the other kids or we kind of navigate that. We need to be prepared for that. Same with volunteers in our church. We may say we're not going to require that, but a couple volunteers may show up with masks. We need to make sure it's not weird for yeah. them or anybody else yeah. or freak anybody start out. Start feeling the shame so and the guilt. Like, oh, should I have? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so even in photos of reopening, having that picture of, you know, if you have five volunteers ready to greet you, if one has a mask, yeah. I think that is yeah. important Great. in this season because it's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Again, um, going back to permission. So, yeah. you know, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, uh, taking temperature at the doors. We're just taking the temperature of all staff. There's right. no reason for us not to do that with volunteers and staff in my mind. I mean, right. they shouldn't worry about that. At all, that's a good protocol. Uh, make let sure me let me, let me yeah. ask you a little bit on that, yeah. just because you know I think if you've got, I mean, you know, different sized churches we're working with, mm-hmm. some that have you know twenty people that show up on a Sunday, mm-hmm. some that have thousands. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? Taking temperatures. I mean, does that is there a, is there a, a slowing at the entrance of the door? Uh, great is, question. <laughs> so to me, what we're trying to do is identify if anybody may have symptoms, yeah. right? So I think we shift where we do our team huddles. Okay. And so they're not spread out the whole building, but it doesn't mean that they all have to be outside before they come in. But let's do our volunteer huddles or however we choose to do that. And then have three or four or five. Uh, They're touchless. They're not expensive. And it sends a message. Now, do we do that for every student? Um, I I see less of a concern for students than kids because if kids haven't been in school, they haven't been exposed to it, you don't want to make it too wonky for them. Um, you could do that in a previous video of like, hey, you're going to see some people in some mask and right. you're going to take your temperature and, you know, give them toy temperature takers to sure. try out or whatever. Right. We could, we could figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a way to smooth it over. With students, I think it could become a norm and it's okay. So yeah. I think it's a choose your own adventure. Sure. Like it's not going to be a heavy requirement. I think it sends a message to parents and kids that we're not going to want somebody that's sick to walk in. Right. 
and, and we're going to be sensitive to that because, yes, somebody could be asymptomatic, mm-hmm. right? And that's up for conversation. And we can't always eliminate that, but we can certainly eliminate um, if we, we know somebody's sick and yeah. we're just kind of putting that barrier up. So that's one that I'm like, I'm not convinced that it has to. We're doing it. Um, and we're doing it in a good measured way and it's working. Drop off and pick up, I think, is a really critical rethinking for student ministry on how far do parents get to get in. Sure. You know, let's narrow the num- amount of exposure. When I think student ministry, I think of a bunch of students crammed together right. with sweaty worship yep. and games, right? <laughs> and so with games, we're uh, we're not doing games where we're all throwing around a ball, right? Right? Because now everybody's touching just it. We're just hanging around. over the yep. germs. So that's yep. probably not right right now. But there are plenty of other games we could play. And when we think social distancing for students, maybe we don't have massive sweaty worship together right. all crammed up front. Everybody come to the front of the stage. You know, right. it's like we have this giant room. They're all in a three foot, yeah. about 20 foot little band right yeah. up front. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Right. Um, but social distancing may not be six feet apart by every student, but we're going to narrow their exposure. Yeah. So to parents, we're saying, hey, we're going to have 10 kids together. So at phase two teachers and Eight kids okay. is our gathering no matter what. Great. So that's who's together. Yeah. Um, they Each of those groups have their own bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, if they go to a common area, it's sanitized between the next group coming in. So yeah. we have sanitizing staff, literally, uh, that go in and sanitize that. Sends a message. Now, there's all this stuff on the news. Do the germs live on that cup for right. two minutes or 10 days? Right. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but it's us doing our due diligence right. to say if there are common areas, we're going to clean those. I do think if there's multiple services, we are sanitizing every day, every night, yeah. and anytime there's a room that's passed through by different groups of kids before they pass through. Right. So for us, there's little sprayers, kind of like the little backpack sprayers for like weeding your yard yeah. or whatever yeah. that you pump up. Oh, yeah. You can get chemicals that sanitizing that you can spray fabrics and beanbag yeah. chairs and all that, not expensive. If you've got to flip the service really fast, there are these things called electrostatic sprayers. Yeah that same thing, they just dry faster, yeah. essentially. Yeah. That's what I understand. Right. I'm not a technician, but something like that. <laughs> no, you're the expert so, now. Go for so, it. So, that's it. That's it. We're going to change my title at the end of this. I'm no longer CEO of Phase. Yeah. I'm CEO, CEO of, the of electrostatic. Electro, <laughs> electrostatic connections. You know, whatever. It's fine. It's fine. But I've done a lot of research on this, trying to figure out how do you flip a building and yeah. how do you get ready. And so I think treating, you know, chairs in the auditorium and that's where people's minds are going to go to groups with students. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to buffets of food. Right. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, they're going to think about kids crammed together. So yeah. it's like, no, we're spaced apart. We we may even do some worship together in a very large room. Right. We're going to be six feet apart from the next group of 10. Yeah. So we're going to narrow your exposure to 10 kids. I don't know how to narrow it where everybody's six feet apart, but we are going to practice social distancing via small groups. Yeah, And so we could at least do that because you may not have a, a facility where you have that many small group rooms where everybody stays alone the whole time. Right. Uh, So I think there are some little things like that. I do think like we've got to go ahead and get our mind around in student ministry food. Yeah. Um, And, you know, can't just open a box of pizza and just have all the kids climb in or everybody's scooping with the same handle. Right. That's just gone for a while. And so it's prepackaged individual food, you know, Rice Krispie treats or whatever, (laughs) whatever it is. That's, I think, that's kind of a have to yeah, right now. Yeah. I think you're just, you're asking for some heartburn and challenges sure. if we don't address that one. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, you know, as we've had those conversations about big stuff for the summer, mm-hmm. um, a lot of what you've mentioned, we're, we're implementing. We just released a document uh, just the other day about uh, some of the precautions that we're working on and that we will be taking this summer. You know, normally we have 1,600 people in our room. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's, it's, I mean, it's like sweat worship. You know, everybody's yeah. up front. They're as close as and tight as they can be yeah. jumping. And, um, you know, and, and so we've already said, hey, we're probably going to split our sessions. We're going to do mm-hmm. double sessions. Uh, we can reduce the number of people in the room so that we've got no more than, you know, however many X you know, number of people in the room. Everybody stay spread out. We've already told them, hey, no rushing the stage. You're yep. going to maintain your seating area. I love the idea of small groups together, yep. you know, no more than 10. You know, you can kind of get with the people maybe you came with, but nothing larger than yep. that. And we've thought through the food as well. Um, yep. You know, thinking through uh, instead of having everybody gather their food and, and eat it together under the pavilion, mm-hmm. you know, is there, you know, we've all been sitting across from the table, you know, from somebody and, you know, you piece of food hits you in the face or something, you know, I mean, we're dealing with middle schoolers, right? Sure. So, totally. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, we're looking at a model to be able to have them uh, grab their food there and then go eat as small groups on the beach or, right. you know, in your in your room or whatever. So that totally um, works. Yeah. I think think those things. And then it's like, OK, where are we propping the doors open? So every single person is not touching the to door touch on the way out. I right. mean, those are little things. Yeah. But it's as we get to that nuanced level, it gives reassurance to parents yeah. that we're doing what's best for their kids. We're doing all the best we know how yeah. in light of what we've been called and asked to do. Yeah. And I think that's. That's all that can be asked of us, right? I think that, uh, you know, if I'm thinking about big stuff, I'm thinking about um, they all got to get there somehow. Right. So it's like, you know, big stuff needs to produce a document that says, this is how you should sanitize your bus. Like, here's how you need to wipe everything down. And when the kids all get off to go to the bathroom, you're wiping everything down again or whatever. Just best practices of going, yeah, we're putting the kids on the bus, but here's how we're keeping it safe and and doing those kind of things. So one thing I like to totally good things. I like to lead my team in is uh, anytime we're thinking through the experience as a whole anyway, and this is, I think, so pertinent even now, is to actually, before you open your doors, walk through as if you're an attendee. Yeah. Think totally. about all the things that need to happen from yeah. the time that they set foot on your campus, or as you said, before they even get there. Yeah. What are things that they can be doing? What are things that you can be doing now as you're walking through as an attendee? you start to think about those little things. Oh, I've got to touch this door as I walk in, you know? Oh, I've got to, you know, I'm going to receive a a bulletin from somebody Mm -hmm. as they're handing it to me. Maybe we don't do that now, you know? But I think there's so much that we can get from actually experiencing it ourselves. Uh, And you start to pick up those little things. Okay, these are things we need to think about. How can we change this? How can we adjust it to make sure that we're we're doing everything we can, our due diligence? And the good thing is we can. And I think this isn't a good thing, but it is our reality. I expect most churches are going to open with less numbers. Yeah, sure. There's going to be a ramp up. It's inevitable. So you're going to have space. You're going to have to be like, you're not thinking through the day we closed. We had an epic Sunday and it was packed out. That's what we're coming back to. And so you're like, okay, I've got room to play with here. Let's try to move things around a little bit. Let's figure out the best scenario. Right. Let's go outside when we can, you know, those kind of things. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. You mentioned earlier, um, we talked a little bit. I just want to hit this briefly. Uh, and maybe you guys know what to do with this. Maybe you don't. Um, we're all figuring it out together. Sure. <laughs> um, in the case, say for temperature checks, mm-hmm. that you have a student, uh, and I, I would love to kind of dig into this on specifically on a student, student level, because mm-hmm. uh, this is what we're thinking through right now. You have a student who registers a temperature, mm-hmm. 100.5, I think, is, is kind of the standard. Sure. 100.6. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that student at that point? So here, this is probably my favorite thing on the CDC website, is there's a very specific protocol yeah. for faith gathering organizations, for other businesses, for schools. It's like, you notify this group of people yeah. this way. 
this area is closed down for sanita- right. sanitation, but it doesn't sanitization, Sanit- not sanitation. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know, so that's this is closed down, but that doesn't mean this has to stop. Right. And initially, you know, it's kind of like everything that's affiliated with that organization and space is closed for 14 Shut days or whatever. Down, right? Shut yeah. it all down. Right. That's not the case anymore. But there's a very practical, these are the best practices. These are the things you should do and how you should respond when you have a gathering and this happens. Here's how you notify them. And it's very, very practical. And it makes sense that the CDC would have very specific things because they're trying to eliminate the spread right. of it. So in that case, they're like, this is a very specific protocol of who right. to notify and when and how to make it work. Right. And so, you know, in preschool, the interesting thing, that temperature is really critical because we have tons of kids that are teething. Sure. They're oh, running yeah. a temperature. Right, now, it right. doesn't typically go over that. Yep. So um, so we may see a temperature, but it doesn't mean it's exceeding that. Right. And so for it to be a little warmer and a kid a little fussy, that's fine. Yeah. Like, we can't overreact. But we want to be sensitive to it sure. and just, just be wise. But there is some great resource on the CDC website, very practically. This is our commitment of how we're going to notify you, just like, in children's ministry or student ministry, if you have lice or something else, like there's a there's a kind of best practice on how you notify everybody. Right. Check your kid's hair, right. you know. That, like there's a not for you, right? right? Well, I mean, so you know, it. you yeah. don't get lice. But it's fine. Check for me is pretty quick. So fine. Yeah, it's a quick check. It's just a quick check. That's yeah, fine. All good. All good. Um, but anyway, so there's a clear protocol. Yeah, 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 that's good. Well, Frank, this has all been incredible information, um, and I, you know, I don't want to belabor anything, but I do want to ask. I mean, as as you guys have thought through this, as maybe from your experience or as you're thinking through continuing to move forward, what's the best way to communicate how you're keeping everyone safe to both parents and to students? Right. I think it's a good observation that they're two different people groups, yeah. right? And yeah. So it's much easier with preschoolers and parents because you're just talking to parents, right? Um, so for parents, this is the time that we over-communicate. Mm. And we have the summary of what we're going to do, and you can drill down as deep as you want to go and on a regular basis. So if we're saying we're going to open the church in three months, and then in two months we're going to do this dabble-on thing where we're going to start to try some stuff out or you know whatever it is, a family service or whatever it is, that doesn't mean we don't talk to them again for two months. Right. And we're not just doing a a hype rally where we're like, oh, we're so excited. Countdown begins. <laughs> we're saying, and this is what came in this week. And, yeah. you know, 88 bottles of hand sanitizer yeah, just yeah. arrived. We're making a boomerang <laughs> of opening up the, yeah. the box of hand sanitizer. Those kind of things yeah. of like, we got it. It's still moving. Also kind All of that inviting plan. them on the journey. That's exactly as right. As we're, as we're moving back towards. Yeah, yeah, we're figuring great. this out together. Yeah. I think that's for parents. So we're just over-communicating this time. And then with students, you know, it's really unique because – most students, schools closed before most protocols changed. I mean, wow, students weren't yeah. wearing masks. Yeah. You know, it was they were That's washing their hands yep. and they were telling them to be more cautious. But most schools were done before mm-hmm. it, it really kind of built here in the U.S. So our reentry as a church is their first experience with a lot of the stuff. Some of them was the first experience getting out of the house. Maybe they could have a couple friends in their small friend group they're allowed to hang out with, but yeah. they've kind of had to either do that or sneak out and go play football or whatever. <laughs> and parents think they're with one person. And, you know, they're trying <laughs> to figure that out. But as far as coming back into a, a standard protocol way of operating, we're introducing that to them. Yeah. So we have to start to normalize some of the behaviors. So on our Instagram, we're showing students, three students, one with a mask, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And they're all still having fun. And I tell you, it just surprised me. I was capturing some video for FaZe recently. And we got a guy on our team, his name's TJ, and he just, he's just 
laughing and happy and just a great, great guy. Yeah. And he has this fun little mask. And when we did this sweeping, you know, slow motion, putting on the mask <laughs> to, you know, communicate a message to parents, you could tell he was smiling ear to ear, wow. even though most of his face was covered. You could right. see in his eyes right. and his ears, and you just see that everything was lifted. Yeah. Um, students need to see that. Yeah. So we need to see that warmth, and it's all going to be okay whether your small group leader chooses to wear a mask or not. Yeah. And so we're introducing them to that. And so I think in the midst of that, we have to go back to that idea we discussed earlier, going, we've got our plan. Mm-hmm. We think this is best. You choose where you want to. And yeah. I think the biggest challenge for student pastors, and this is one that we can't own it orange for them mm-hmm. and we can't standardize for them. And there's no website that's going to help you with right. this. There is a responsibility and burden on you to Absolutely. make sure that not only are kids safe, but that parents um, don't feel like they're losing if they're not ready yet for their kid to get involved. That's good. And so my daughter recently... Um, they uh, just opened up her dance school. So she's starting to practice and they've got a few competitions that have been moved to later in the season or whatever. And some of the students are back and some are still Zooming in. And, you know, her dance instructor, the owner of the studio, has done a great job of making them all feel included. Even though some of them are there giving high fives, probably not supposed to do that, but they do that. (laughs) And then some aren't there yet, but there's still the shout outs and that connection there. So students, as your student pastors, as you're thinking, I think like if we're doing a, you know, we're getting everybody back together, how does the kid that's not being allowed to come yet mm-hmm. still tuning in or staying connected or yeah. not completely feeling left out? That's going to be something for us all to solve. Yeah. 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 So no FOMO during this time, student yeah. pastors. No FOMO. Don't create the FOMO. <laughs> yeah, right. You want them to be there, of course, but you just want to make sure that everybody's included. That's so yeah, that's really yeah. good. That's really good. Gosh, this is such, such good conversation um, as we're all thinking through over the next few weeks. You know, how do we reopen? As we're having this conversation over the next few weeks, um, whether you're opening next week or you're going to be opening four months from now or six months or whatever that looks like for you, um, keep coming back because we're going to continue to have these conversations and think through these things. I love the things that you had to say, Frank. This is so, such good value um, just to, to kind of help us all figure it out together. So thank you so much, Frank, for joining us. Uh, of course, as we go through this journey, uh, if you need any more information on any of this at all, you can follow us at orangestudents.com. Frank, again, thank you so much. My name is Trey, and we'll see you next time. We really hope you enjoyed this conversation between Trey and Frank, and we want to thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Rethinking Youth Ministry. If you found today's episode helpful, we want to encourage you to visit orangestudents.com and track with us as we continue having more conversations like this in the weeks and months ahead. Thanks for listening. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon.